Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 87 of the Patriot Review. If this is the first time that you're joining me for this show, it's a little bit different than a lot of the other shows that you'll see in that I don't do, you know, the very short, um, the very short interviews with people, seven to ten minutes. I, I like to bring people in and have more in-depth conversations, and I hope you enjoy that. One of the things that I want to do more of, and I'm going to start today, as a matter of fact, I have frequently had guests on that are just everyday American citizens that are really stepping up to the call to fight to save our country. And these folks should give you encouragement and motivation to either continue the fight or join the fight yourself in some way. And within your given skill set, you know, something that you're, you're more passionate about than maybe some of the other issues. So I want to highlight just those citizens that are out there that are lesser known or not known at all, uh, and those folks that are really doing wonderful things, and to prove that when the right does something, you know, we are nonviolent. We are people who who take action through uh, changing uh, hearts and minds and really addressing things if we have to aggressively, you know, through legal means or, or political means and not through violence. And I think that all the people that I will be uh, having on and people that you'll be seeing, you know, really fit that. And they are real heroes. They are the fabric of America. And we're going to start today with a guest uh, that I met at the Moment of Truth Summit. Both of them I actually met there. Um, uh, Andy Piggott-Martin, who is first up, you're going to learn her story, learn what she's passionate about. And uh, you'll be able to follow her and her writings once you go through this uh, part of the episode. And then I'm going to have uh, Colonel Retired John Mills on, who who is pretty well known and is very active and is an author. And we're going to talk about those things that are near and dear to us in this fight and also talk about his book, The Nation Will Follow, which is the name of this episode. So um, look forward to that. Hang around. Uh, listen to these uh folks and the links to their websites and John's book in particular uh, are in the show description below. And as always, we'd appreciate your support for the Patriot Review. You can do so by buying my pillow products using the code TPR. That's TPR. Um, there are other sponsors that I have that you'll find information in in the show notes, or you can go to my website at redbloodedpatriots.com. Check out my sponsors there. You can also email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. If you yourself are one of the patriots that I mentioned at the top of the show and want to be on the show, or if you want to nominate somebody else to be on the show because they have a particularly strong story, one that needs to be shared, I'm, I'm really happy to entertain those thoughts. So again, you can email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. Thanks for being here. A very special guest today is Andy Piggott Martin, who I met at the Moment of Truth Summit, and we got talking a little bit. It was, we were all quite busy and meeting all a whole bunch of people, but uh, Andy was one person that I really wanted to have on the Patriot Review because we look for people who are everyday citizens who are genuine in in uh, this mission that we are all on together to save our country and save the legacy of freedom for future generations. So Andy, it's a pleasure to have you here. I've been waiting for this and I really want to, to, to get to know more about you, but first I'll let you introduce yourself to our viewers. 
Well, Jeff, it's really, really great to be here. And I, I am just thrilled that you invited me. So um, I'm excited to, to get to chat with you and um, just talk God and politics. But um, so a little bit of an introduction. Um, I used to own a pet care company back in Colorado. And in 2020, uh, the lockdowns just destroyed my business. And so God has just been super great, super faithful to me in all of this and taking care of me in all of this. And so I, uh, you know, I ended up jumping off a lot of cliffs that God told me to jump off of. And he has just been so incredibly faithful to, to, be my safety net when I didn't know there was a safety net. And so whether, whether it was, okay, I will uh, not wear the mask, even though everybody, everybody's mandating it, you have to wear it everywhere. I also had a full-time job. Um, I quit my job because of the mask. I ended up moving across country because of the mask and I, I wouldn't wear it. And God has just been so incredibly faithful to take care of every single need. And um, so, yes, I started writing about that, started getting, once I got to New Hampshire, I was in Colorado. Once I got to New Hampshire, I wanted to get really involved in the politics out here and, and to change what I saw happen in Colorado. I didn't want to see it happen to, to the new state of New Hampshire, my new state of New Hampshire. And so I, I started getting involved in politics. I have met some of the most absolutely amazing patriots out here in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is just such a, it's, it's the live free or die state. And it, so many people live by that motto and it's just been absolutely fantastic. I th and yeah. So, I think a lot of people have a misperception on New Hampshire, don't they? I mean, I think it's very, very strong uh, blue state and it's just another state that's victimized by its largest cities in the end, isn't it? Like Colorado was. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not going to go on record and say that because I, I, I'm still new here. But yeah, I, it's, there are very distinct Democrat, or I'd rather go with liberal, very, very distinct liberal groups here and then very distinct conservative groups here. And it's one of the best things about everything that's happened since 2020 is just this, you're getting to see the real people and kind right. of want to who you want to hang out with who you want to who you want to get to know and who you want to fight with right well you know there's there's i think it's gone even beyond for any democrats who are watching this now i, I would welcome true democrats at any time i think it's gone beyond that we're talking about a small number of globalists elitists and straight out fascists i believe but I, I do think that all of us at that summit experienced the same thing. And that is when we talked to others, you heard this theme over and over again that, you know, hey, I didn't think I'd ever be doing this. Um, I never expected this. And everybody says I was put into a position where I was given a choice and I chose this. And the same is true for me. You know, I, I have... Um, I have a, a handicap of disability that is, uh, you know, an incurable condition. 
And before that, I was working 30 years in corporate America. And as a safety and environmental regulatory professional, I can tell you the masks did nothing. When you talk about the, the, the micron, uh, 60 micron sizes of the virus going in and out of an 80 micron weave mask, that made no sense whatsoever. But anyway, I'm digressing. So everybody had that same that same story. Everybody was put in this position um, by God. And if you don't believe in God, somehow then, right? Um, and here we all are. We're fighting for this legacy of continuing this country. And really, I would say, even bringing this country back to where it was intended to be. I don't think when you look at the whole structure capital of capitalism as an example, I just did a show on that. Um, we're not seeing true capitalism, are we? We're not seeing how it was intended to be. You know, we're, we're seeing the government has taken over the roles that churches and others used to do, and people are becoming more and more dependent on them because of that. But I wanted to get to your story specifically. And before we go on to the article, I want you to talk about your background as a police officer and what you think that piece of your life has taught you. Oh goodness! What would you like to know? What do you, see? What's uh, uh, so? You know, I I would specifically like to know how you look at the the difference in in how patriots are treated in the legal system versus the radical left Antifa, uh, BLM movements, and other people. You know, and as a law enforcement officer, I mean, did that hit you like a brick in the face or? What were your thoughts as you are you watch as you're watching this and it still continues today? You know what? I I left in early 2013. I think it was right before Ferguson happened. And so I was I, I loved the job, but you know, after after I saw Ferguson and the the change that actually the Obama Obama administration started trying to um how do I put this? I watched the Obama administration try and turn the country against police officers. And that's what they did with, with Ferguson as well. And this, this all comes back to your question in just a second. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. But, um, you know, I watched, I had been watching attitudes towards police change and so much disrespect. And then after Ferguson, it, was, it just got so much worse, and I was just really grateful to be out of that. Fast forward to 2020, where I'm, you know, I have friends in, in the police force in Denver who I'm watching their, their Facebook feeds, and they're having to deal with the BLM riots in Denver, just destroying the Capitol and destroying everything around there. I'm, <laughs> I was watching people I know talk about how bags of urine and urine were thrown at them, how feces was thrown at them. Like this is, nobody gets paid enough to deal with that, but they're having to deal with these, these BLM people and Antifa destroying the city and really couldn't do anything about it. And that was my perspective. I can't, I'm, I don't want to say they couldn't do anything about it. My perspective was they couldn't. Well, I yeah. think that's what people saw. I think you're absolutely right. So it, it was very, very disheartening to, to watch my friends being attacked like that. Um, and it was night after night. Right. Right. And then you got uh, 
when you got the 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 intentionally fascist scenery around Biden's speech in front of Independence Hall, where he talks about us being the enemy to democracy, right. to the republic, and he talks about us being the violent ones, yet we're the ones who want to uphold, we want nothing more than to, to live our lives according to the Constitution and enjoy our freedoms. And here is this this uh, well, he's out. Of, he's a puppet. I mean, he's he's obviously got dementia. He's out of it, you know. And here he is setting the stage because, as you and I talked off camera, you know, there's some. I think there's some really bad times coming, and I think he's setting the stage to make that somehow the blind sheep that follow them think that it's, it's justified when we're going to see very terrible things. I think, and and I I really think that they're trying to bait us into be be violent. So. When you look at your, you looked at your fellow law enforcement officers. I mean, you saw this way back in 2013, and I remember Obama saying, "Oh, the police acted stupidly," and he didn't have the facts and all that stuff. Um, so you, you, uh, you really were one of the people on the forefront, I think, as as far as seeing what's happening there. Did you find yourself being one of many law enforcement officers that quit for the same reasons, or? Were even your law enforcement friends kind of surprised by? I have seen a lot of people quit since 2020. Um, If I have this correct, what they did in Colorado is they took away qualified immunity from police officers, which means that they can be sued civilly. So they can lose everything um, under the color of law. Before, Before that, if you were acting under the color color of law, you truly believed that what you were doing was what what was right, then you were covered. Um, right. They took that away. So now, if you if you make a mistake, even though you were doing something that you you truly believed, everything, all the evidence led to point at what you were doing was right. But then hindsight, you find out later it was it was wrong. Well, you can be sued for it now. And so, but they didn't take that away from the governor. They didn't take qualified immunity away from the governor. So he could destroy businesses, but police can't do their job the way they need to do their job. Um, I saw a lot of police officers resign. I saw a lot of police officers just say, that's fine. I'll just sit in my car and do nothing. Right. And, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the. The difference in how people reacted to the death of, and I know this people don't like necessarily, I'm very direct, I'm very straightforward. People reacted to a thug who died of a fentanyl overdose, who now has a statue erected for him. And then we see a 14-year veteran in the Capitol building who punched a guy in the face, have that video, who broke the window that she eventually got killed in. She was standing there, and she was telling the Capitol Police, you need more people, we need more effing help. Guy breaks the window, she slugs him in the face. There's like a SWAT tactical unit that are coming up the steps. There's 15 of them. Then you see them leave the picture, and you see the camera uh, through the door. You see the gun in the camera. You can see her coming in, didn't say a word, didn't say stop, didn't say nothing. He said nothing. Shoots her in cold blood, murder period. And this guy gets 
he, this guy's a hero versus the police that you're talking about and everything that they went through in that summer are considered the villains. And here is the common sense test again, people. <laughs> when you're watching something and you see that, you know, the show me state, right? Where Missouri is where we went, right? And every one of us down there had one thing in common, and that's we have this BS meter where we can see that, uh, uh-uh, this just uh, you know whatever you can say whatever you want, but the American media has turned into just another arm of the government and one that is uh, preaching propaganda and is destroying our country. I think uh, so. You wrote an article, and more and more people are writing and sharing and talking and doing things like this show. And you wrote this article, which I read after we met each other, but this one specifically about your business and why you as a small business owner were so hammered by this whole COVID thing. And then you talk about your faith and how it's pulled you through it. So we'll start just a, just a few things. So the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loans, these are programs that were put in place where you, you got, and you, the whole premise of your article is that people got baited or the question is, did people get baited? And, uh, so why don't you just talk a little bit about that point in time in your life and why you chose not to take or be participating in those programs? Well, during that time, yeah, I um, so I owned a pet care company. We had, uh, I think, 13 people working for me. And it was we, you know, we were turning away clients. I didn't have enough help to cover all the all the requests that we were getting. And so we were actually turning away clients. Business was was booming. We were, you know, we're growing and growing. And so when the lockdowns uh, were put in place, I watched cancellation after cancellation after cancellation come through on my computer. It was just, it, it was just rolling cancellations. And ultimately between all the cancellations of everything that I already had booked, and what we were projected to to bring in spring break. I mean, this happened at spring break, um, spring break, and over the summer, I watched about fifty thousand dollars in revenue just fly out the window. And then when the PPP and EIDL loans were offered, you know, everybody's saying, "Oh, you can, you know, here the government's giving you this money, and you don't have to pay it back," and all this stuff. And I, I flat out heard God say, you will not take a cent of that money. I, I will take care of you. I will provide for you, not your government. And I said, okay, that's fine. And, you know, I watched people take that money. I watched people who didn't need that money take tens of thousands of dollars. And um, some people legitimately needed it. Some people I saw blow it on frivolous things. I saw other people pay off their credit card debts. You know, people used it wisely. But ultimately, you know, there I felt like there were going to be strings attached. Um, I felt like God was giving me a very, very specific warning. And so I'm like, all right, I'm not, I'm not touching it. And it, you know, it's been struggled. But I have had just enough. The whole time I have had just enough. And then when I saw that the that Biden was wanting to hire 87,000 IRS agents and have them armed, armed. And one of the job job descri- sorry job descriptions 
says something about being able to, what does it say? Like initiate arrest, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but um, as being able to being able and willing to use your firearms. Exactly. So, and let's not forget that their, their target practice is that human figures, right? Human silhouettes. Yep. Yeah, um, now, so I will say most target practice is going to be at a human silhouette, but, um, I so. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe it, for law enforcement, maybe, but okay. and going to going to the range is mainly circle targets. But, you know, um, the point here is that we have another thing right in front of us that doesn't pass the common sense test. First of all, why are these three and four letter agencies, you know, uh, suddenly turned to enforcement agencies? Who voted for that? Nobody voted for that. Right. So, I mean, it's a common sense thing again. And, you know, then. Your article goes on and you mention these things, but you talk about Biden signing H.R. 7352 and that extended to 10 years of statute of limitation for fraud charges. So, I mean, again, common sense test, the flag goes up. These are what these people, these 87,000 people are going to be attacking individual citizens like yourself on uh, had you taken that money. Right. Exactly. And that's another another thing. As soon as I saw that Biden was hiring these people, I'm like, wait a minute, something clicked right then going, I betcha it's for the for the PPP and EIDL. And so I did a little research and sure enough, um, I think I wrote the article on either August 10th or 11th and August 5th was when he signed those bills into law saying or extending the um, the statute of limitations to 10 years to to go after people for uh, for fraud with the PPP and the ideal. And I really truly believe that, that money was sent out. I believe it was a plan. I don't know for a fact, but I believe that it was, it was planned. That money was put out there as bait to bring people in so well, that they could. Well, I think you're right. Let, let's make, let's make the viewers nauseous. Now this is what, Biden actually said, I'm going to read this. So he said, the American people deserve to know, and you're going to all, you're going to all roll your eyes and get nauseous here. The American people deserve to know that their tax dollars are being spent as intended. Really? <laughs> My message to those cheats out there is this. You can't hide. We're going to find you. We're going to make you pay back what you stole and, how, and hold you accountable under the law. You know, and my first reaction is, well, Mr. Biden, how about we hold you accountable for the money you took from China or maybe the uh, quid pro quo with the Ukraine and the threaten threatening them to, you know, uh, not investigate Hunter anymore in exchange for federal taxpayer dollars. I mean, it, this guy's a uh, just an unbelievable uh, disaster, you know. I feel like Afghanistan would be a good place to hide. If you don't want them coming, yeah, out. right. Um, yeah, you'd have to convert, of course, or you'd be in serious trouble. But I'd like well, to. Like that eighty-five billion in right. tax dollars over there right now. They're not. They're not worried about it. Right. You know, I'd. Uh, I'd like to send some people there. That's for sure. But that's uh, probably not a very nice thing to say. So, so, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate the fact. And folks, Andy is is the American citizen. And this, these are millions and millions of these stories 
And it gets much worse when you consider all the fronts that we're being attacked on. They're attacking our children in schools with nonsense. They're attacking our children in schools with masks. They're attacking our children, trying to get them all vaccinated with this bioweapon. You know, and that's just our kids. And I mean, if anybody's worth fighting for, I would think that it would be people's children and grandchildren, right? You know, and this is coming from all sides. So was there a point in time, Andy, where you said, okay, this is it, the last draw. I know I'm just another person in America, but I feel like I have to do something about this. Um, you know, I think watching, so watching my federal government reward my governor for shutting down businesses, like they, I don't know how much, I don't remember how much, but the federal government gave the governor's money for extending these um, executive or the emergency orders. And so that was really disheartening. And I think that was the beginning of saying, okay, something, something has to change, but I can't just sit here and say something has to change. I have to stand up and do something. And so, um, you know, then I came out, I got to New Hampshire on November 2nd. And so day before the election day, and I, I don't know if you want me to go into this, but there's the election. I don't know if you know this, this story. Um, but so on election night, I went to just register to vote. I'd already voted absentee in Colorado. Colorado is just a, a Colorado has been a mail-in ballot state for years but I had already voted absentee in Colorado. So I went to New Hampshire, went with my family to when they voted. So I went to register and I looked online beforehand and I saw that you, you were supposed to have some kind of proof of residency to register. Well, I forgot it, but I said, all right, you know what? I'm just going to go in and, and see if I can register anyway. So what happened is I went in, sure enough, they let me register to vote with no problem, uh, no I had a Colorado ID. There was no proof of, I had no proof of residency, nothing. I just, all I had to do was say that I lived there and sign an affidavit. Well, I had told the lady that I, I had already voted in Colorado, but it was close to seven o'clock. She was tired. I am not holding this against her at all. Cause I don't think this was, I think she was just tired when this happened, but um, she handed me a piece of paper, said, go take this to these people over there and they'll give you your ballot. And I said, no, 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 no. I um I'm I don't want to vote. I just want to register. I already voted in Colorado. And her mouth dropped. She was silent for about a minute. And finally, she just said, "Thank you so very much." Called another poll worker over to say, "Look at what she did or didn't do." And so they ended up. I actually know the numbers on it, but I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to say. There was mm-hmm. a high, high, high number of. Um, people registering to vote in this town that's really hard to get to people registering to vote the day of the election. And so um, some things that happened back in Colorado that that we were finding in the 2020 election as well was I was watching people on Facebook talk about how with their mail-in voting, with their mail-in ballot houses that had both Democrats and Republicans in the house we're having we're seeing ballots with the envelopes that would either have like 
lettering or something that would either be red or blue and it correlated with who mm -hmm. you know who was the democrat and who was the republican and people were also finding uh you know the the codes at the bottom the long stream of letters and numbers and whatnot people were noticing that in houses that had both both parties getting ballots the return envelope would have either an r or a d in a certain spot in this code. And sure enough, I looked at mine and I had an R. And so, um, you know, obviously there's, if anybody's yeah. <laughs> getting the, the ballots, they can see who's what and throw out whatever they need to. And so it's that, Again, common sense. Yeah, but All that's right. that was a huge part of why I felt I needed to start um, doing something. I've, never really been into politics. I mean, not really involved in politics, but it's, it's time when we've got election fraud going crazy across the country. It's time. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Now I, I want to highlight your website. If you just tell people how to get your website and if you have social media pages as well. It's andypigottmartin.com is the, is the blog. And then I have Facebook, any, anything, Facebook, Truth Social. Uh, spell, spell, spell out your name because you have a couple different uh, spellings there. Okay, it's Andy, A-N-D-I, Piggott, P-I-G-O-T-T, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N.com. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I tell everybody that's on my show, you know, that you are now a friend. You know, so, so, you know, uh, communicate with me. We'll communicate back and forth. We'll have you back on the show. If you have some news, share some news. Um, if you have any particular things that you write, you know, keep in touch so that we can keep our viewers in touch. I'd appreciate that. So thank you so much, Andy. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. And I consider you a friend, too. So I greatly appreciate this opportunity. My pleasure. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner.
Yeah, I think there's three. I call it, and it's, first of all, it's borrowing from Rush Limbaugh. There's four corners of deceit in America. Uh, he added a, he defined it a little bit different 20 or so years ago. But first of all, first of all, it's big government. Let's start this at the beginning. Huh? That would help. Uh, I am honored to have a very special guest, Colonel Retired John Mills, on the Patriot Review. John, uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. I met you in the Moment of Truth Summit, and I was very happy to watch your presentation. And I, I knew I had to have you on the show because you had a lot of great information, and I'd like to talk about that with you. But before we do, could you give my viewers just a little background, a little history of what your journey has been and what led you to the point of writing this book, The Nation Will Follow, First-Hand Experiences Fighting the Deep State? Well, thank you, Jeff, and it's an honor to be with you, and it was great meeting you at the moment of truth. Uh, my journey uh, essentially was a 35-year-plus career in national security in uniform, <clears throat> out of uniform, uh, as a senior civilian for the Office of Secretary of Defense, spent time at the White House, the National Security Council across two administrations, Bush and uh, Obama. And it's me, just like the Whitaker Chambers, I, I urge and ask everyone to, to look up and understand the role of Whitaker Chambers. He was a a communist atheist, atheist, and uh, right after World War II, he converted and uh, he outed his his communist uh, colleagues inside of State Department. Sounds very familiar to today, where we have our government has essentially been penetrated and taken over uh, by by people who don't believe in constitutional America and frankly don't care what the American citizen says. So. 35 plus years facing outward, staring down the external threat was my job and my duty. And then I realized the country was stolen behind my back while I was facing outward. So that's, that is essentially my journey. And well, now I like, I really like that term. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Uh, but I, I really like that term. You use that term at the uh, summit the looking outwards and I, and, and I can't help but highlight that that's what we all do isn't it i mean we're all we're, whether it's through propaganda or whatever whatever your beliefs are i personally believe it's propaganda but the the focus outward has left the citizens of this nation kind of in a uh, it's waking up from a dream type of state where before we knew it now we're facing what I believe to be the biggest threat in our nation's history, which is occurring from the inside. Is that is that where you're coming from when you say that you're you, you were focused outward? Yes, and, and we do need people focused outward. There is there are external threats, whether it be the Soviet era, whether it be uh, uh, Islamic extremists or other extremists that want to kill us, uh, whether it be in the, the real core seminal threat to america is china communist-led china the, Ch the the chinese communist party there are external threats however uh, i would also suggest that many of those have now uh, used our own system against us and have 
essentially through uh, kinship of ideologies, through payoffs, have essentially corrupted and taken over many of our institutions and are, as, as many have heard, most great civilizations fall not because of the external threat, but it's the rot from within and also enabled by foreign adversaries who realize they can't take us on militarily, but they can rot and corrupt our society, which is exactly what we're dealing with. Right, and you, you made a point uh, in your presentation also that you know the technology has evolved to the point now where m major uh, nation states are actually using something as small as this, which is just a little thumb drive, right? And Agent BTZ. Everybody look up Agent BTZ, yes. So I mean, some technology has gotten to the, to the point where, you know, um, I think um, Reagan had said our next great war is going to be fought in space. And, you know, um, it doesn't have to be. Uh, I think that the great war that we're in is actually fought on a technology battlefield and and the infiltration as well. And there's a book, I think it was called Blacklisted, uh, about McCarthy and how right he was, how how he had the concept correct, but the way that he attacked it was, you know, didn't leave a good taste in people's mouth uh, because of his aggressiveness and stuff. But the concept was correct, that we have been infiltrated and we're seeing the results of that infiltration today. So your book, The Nation Will Follow, again, firsthand experiences fighting the deep state, you describe it as a collection of intelligence. And what I'd like you to do is just share how you define the deep state, because this deep state is just this, uh, it, does, it doesn't really have a great definition. Um, what you mean when you say the deep straight, deep state, I mean, what, what are the What's the definition of the deep state? Who are the key players? Um, rather than this, this you know, uh, idea of uh, these conspiracies and all this stuff. I mean, how do we know that the deep state exists and, and who's involved in it? Well, yeah, very good question. And uh, the uh, I think there's three. I call it, and it's first of all, it's borrowing from Rush Limbaugh. There's four corners of deceit in America. Uh, he added a, he defined it a little bit different 20 or so years ago. But first of all, first of all, it's big government, big academia, big tech, and big finance. So a little bit different than what uh, Rush Limbaugh. Now, wh what I'd also like to say is when we talk about the deep state and the swamp more specifically, um, it is really, um, I would say, first of all, the bureaucrats, which, hey, I'm the first to admit I was a bureaucrat for a number of those years. But it's it's just the expanding uh, nature of government and bureaucrats who are many of whom are careerists, not politicals. And, and the military is just a small component but the bureaucrats who run are, are federal, but this governments, but also we have to look at this in the terms of state and county. 
And for all you patriots and citizens out there, yes, get mad about the federal government, but focus on your local government, whether it be a township, a county, a town, a city. It all starts there. So it's the bureaucrats. You have to keep these career bureaucrats accountable. The second part are the technocrats. Now, that's where we start talking about specialists, where we surrender our sovereignty and liberties to. For example, this person, I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, Dr. Fauci. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. we all surrender to him because he, he has a doctor, PhD in front of his name, and he's done this for so many years. Obviously, he's the expert, but you can also have economists in that realm, uh, which lead to things like the Fed and the Federal Reserve, which is very ambiguous in terms of constitutionality and who they are and the power they have. But it's also the plutocrats, and that's where the wealthy, and we're talking about whether it's uh, uh, Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, uh, these are the plutocrats who control great wealth. And if you look at a listing of the top 100 wealthy people or groups, because sometimes those are families, Forbes kind of does the best job of rolling everybody up. But if you look at the 100, most of those are definitely not on our side of the ledger. So right. that's who they are. Who is we? That's also important. Who is we? Well, we're, I would say we're, I, I, on Steve Bannon's show last summer, I, th I said 80%, we're the majority. Let's start acting like it. I was actually wrong because just recently Rasmussen released a number that said, do you believe in a deep state? Only 16%, and Rasmussen is pretty well respected, and I think it, it does a reasonable job. Only 16% do not believe in a, a deep state. So I was wrong. It, we're actually 84% of the country. Let's start acting like it. We're the majority. Let's start acting like it. So those groups I defined, the bureaucrats, the technocrats, the plutocrats, and big government and the four corners of the seat, they, they, they make up only a small niche of the population mm -hmm. that work for those groups. Hey, and again, admittedly, I was and I was and had been a uh, both in uniform and in, uh, in uh, civil civil service. I was a, I was a, a bureaucrat. Well, sure. But there are there are also those bureaucrats in in agencies that you know for some reason now have this uh, authority and enforcement, right? I mean, we have the national level, we have the EPA, we have the IRS, which is being weaponized with eighty seven thousand new armed agents, and uh, you know, so that's that's the other part of it is we've allowed these these with good intentions, I believe, we've allowed these three-letter uh, agencies to become really militant and, and uh, be. we've allowed them to become weaponized, which we got to get a handle on and, 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 and fix that. And I yeah, like your comment about, you know, we're the group that, you know, we, I think, you know, the, the speech that Biden just gave in Independence Hall was horrendous. And he basically declares war on more than half the population, I believe. And people still dedicate their time. And I think this is probably 
reducing in number now because there's just so much data out there, so much evidence of the deep state. I think people are waking up now, but for the longest time and still today, we have people that say, well, I don't want to get involved in politics. You know, um, uh, Plato has, has a quote that I shared. Uh, he says, one of the penalties for refusing to participate in politics is that you end up being governed by your inferiors. And <laughs> and he's, he's right on with that, you know, and that's what we're seeing today. In your description of these different groups, uh, Mussolini defines that as corporatism, right? I mean, we have that, that group. And just watched a documentary this week uh, on stop the stoptheworld.com or .org, I don't remember. But uh, there's a documentary there called Monopoly, Who Owns the World? And it reveals that you know, all these huge uh, holding companies like BlackRock and, you know, everything traces back to, to a very small number, three to three to five of these huge entities that have both sides of the coin within their control financially. And uh, if that doesn't underscore your message, I, you know, I don't know what, what does. So your recommendation, and I want you to go more into your book and talk about what you mean when you say that this book is the intelligence, right? To, to arm people with the, the right knowledge. How would you describe what you're saying about that and how your book approaches that? Yeah, thank you, Jeff. And it's available for pre-order now on thenationwillfollow.com. So pre-order now, full release on the 21st of September. But one of the themes, and I use it uh, in the book, and hashtag get off the couch and get in the game. Governance of our country is a contact sport, and it all starts at the local level. And if it's rotten at the local level, it doesn't get better. There's only about 30 to 40 counties that, or, or county equivalents, you know, uh, so Milwaukee uh, in Wisconsin, for example, that cause problems for the rest of the 3,300 or so counties and county equivalents. Everybody thinks the price of liberty and freedom is our uniform military overseas. And, and I, I have been that several times and there's, there's, an, there's an absolute element of truth. However, the game begins right here, right where we live in your county or county equivalent. And this is where I urge everybody, get off the couch and get in the game. Don't get mad. Don't get angry. Don't vent on social media about Biden this, Biden that. Get in the game where you live. And people say, oh, I don't know. What do I do? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, I'll, I will tell you that. What I'm about to tell you is very important and right in the book here is those seven centers of gravity. And I just uh, and I, I hold I eat my own dog food on this. I'm very uh, even though I am experienced at the national level, I eat my own dog food and I hold my local officials accountable. And and boy, they they uh, they are in fear when I call email or visit the county courthouse. When I walk through the county courthouse, people start slamming their windows shut and putting out to lunch. 
And I'm not I'm not a screamer. I'm not a yeller, but they know I know my stuff. And when when Mills comes into the into the county courthouse, everybody starts freaking out because I know what I'm doing. And I urge everybody to build that same sense of gravitas. There's seven all counties and county equivalents. Everybody says, well, we don't have counties. We have parishes or we have in Alaska. We have districts. Okay, it's a county equivalent. Get over that name difference. Predominance is county. Even even cities and towns can be county equivalents. Seven common functions in all of these. And I say, citizen, please pick pick which one of your seven you feel closest to. You understand the best and start with that. This is your all important registrar, which I I really boy, they when I write or call, they they jump the registrar. The count, the election board, the county council, in the school board, all important school board. Even if you mm-hmm. homeschool, even if you have your kids in a school of faith, private school, watch out for those private schools because they're just as bad, if not worse, than the public school system. You need to dominate these these four, and then the additional three, which are all important: the judges, the sheriff, the prosecutor. Start doing office calls. You and you've got the number one thing citizens always say is, I can't read the I can't read the state code. I have to have a lawyer. No, you don't. And that is the absolute worst thing you can do because any honest lawyer, and we only have honest lawyers on our side of the ledger, is they, they will tell you you will go broke or die of old age waiting for them. If you're expecting them to do the nug work to read the state codes and Newsflash, just because somebody's a lawyer, just because somebody is a legislator at the state level doesn't mean they know or read the, the state codes. Believe me, I've done lots of legislation at the federal and now starting to do it at the state level. You would be shocked at that. That's a truism. They don't read their own stuff. They don't even no. know what it says. And, and the all, lawyers. The, the, yeah, we all our, remember Pelosi saying we got to pass the bill before you can see what's yeah. in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's insanity. And I've lived that insanity. This is anything over anything over five pages is just uh, nobody's going to read it, understand it. Remember, and you got you got 21, 22, 23 year olds slurping juice boxes, running around the halls of Congress, writing this drivel. And they have they mm-hmm. have no idea what it means. They, they don't have any life experiences. They just are mimicking and and pretending to know what that what they're talking about so well you know that's one thing that people need to insist on i you know i like what you're saying about being involved locally because you have a lot more control at the local level because it's the face-to-face that it that happens and you have more influence in any face-to-face than you do with somebody who's a senate uh who's a senator or a house member who's in washington dc a thousand miles away from you or, or whatever the case may be right um, so the way I heard it summed up best was an attorney who told me one time, if you have principles, you better have a fat wallet. So to the point that you, if you use an attorney to fight your battle for your principles, instead of doing it yourself, you're going to go broke doing that. And that's exactly what he meant by it. And I think it was it succinctly said you know, by saying exactly what he what he did. And um, so I agree with you 100 percent. 
local focus. Uh, you said, though, you said um, pick one that you're passionate about. Where do people go to get the information that they need? Uh, is there is there better sources that than the online like meeting minutes or where do you yeah. go to get your information as uh, someone who's actively involved at the local level? Well, okay, so you know, and I have admittedly, hey, my life has been legislation in many ways during my senior years legislation i understand how things work but you have to pivot that model and just use that same model to totally understand your because everything in america is based upon what happens at the county or the county equivalent so figure out and start go online and i've i've gone through the websites of literally hundreds of counties and county equivalents across america some of the websites are good some are not so good some tell a whole story some are hard to work with uh, but the information is out there and i i oftentimes because of my experience i will say create a target folder to totally under line and block meaning the total organization now be careful about using some of these terms here and hey i have years in the counterterrorism world but you start using the term target folder and then local meet local law enforcement which often is part of the fusion centers that monitor social media be mindful and careful and legal on your words so, but you create a knowledge folder so you know everything about that institution. They go, you, Colonel Mills, you just said seven. I don't even know where to begin. You know, do I start with my county council? Do I start with my registrar? I don't know. Right. Great question. Figure out which of those seven you feel a closest kinship or understanding to. Again, your registrar, and I and I'd say. Every time there's an election issue, it always, 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 100% of the time centers around your registrar or whatever you call that person and that function in your county. Sometimes they're not, sometimes they're called other things. Uh, you know, in, in Prince William County, it's just called the general registrar. But, you know, uh, they're the ones responsible for the voting rolls. They're always a good one to start with. 100% uh, of the time, if you have an election integrity issue, 100% of the time, it has something to do with that registrar. But also you have an election board, and oftentimes election boards are sleepy backwaters of, frankly, uh, braggadocious blow winds, gas bags, who don't read the state code on elections, you know, just like to wing it. They don't even know why they're there. They're just these elder statesmen, stateswomen who think, hey, I'm on the election board and they don't do anything. Fire those folks up. And if they are just worthless, get rid of them. Do not, you know, don't be angry, mean, don't be threatening. Don't be threatening. People don't right. understand. You have to build the art of influence without being vicious, nasty, un unlawful. And uh, frankly, and people don't seem to understand the concept because they start ripping it up on social media and essentially crossing the line and making threats. Don't make threats. Well, I have to admit that I've I've made several angry posts over the over the time, you know, but not to the point of threats. And I think that point's very valid because that's exactly why they're saying that's exactly why Biden was up talking about us as we're as if we're the enemies of democracy. And that drives me nuts, first of all, because we're a republic. But the the 
the whole hope, I think, of the far left is that we become violent. And then they have the excuse to come in and use force. And remember, he said that, you know, if we're going to fight them, that they have the F-15s to kill us. Right. I mean, this this guy has. Yeah, come... the, the, yeah. The, the F-15C and D models are falling apart in flight. Uh, the E models yeah. are are decrepit and and way over their flight hour usage so uh yeah his yeah. f-15s are not doing so good right well this is a guy that likes to smell hair and eat ice cream i mean that's what he's basically achieved so you know the i i really like the concept that you're talking about and i would go so far as to say i you know i have just a very few documents on my website redbloodedpatriots.com but one of those documents is Civics 101. And maybe that's a place for people to start because for a long time now, our school system has really not talked, uh, taught civics, have they? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's that's one of the key seven centers of gravity in in your county or county equivalent is the school board. And that's where, right. see, I don't care about the school board because I, I homeschool or I have my kids in uh, a Christian school or another faith-based school. I don't have to worry about that. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, right. you do. And this is, I use the Loudoun County model. I'm in Prince William, but Loudoun County is very close by. I've got, I, I speak with a lot of the Loudoun County folks. You, every American needs to totally study, pick that as your starting point. You're, you need to, with a microscope, ex, ex, understand exactly what is going on in your school boys. Hey, my kids are gone. They're grown up. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You're still a taxpaying citizen. You need to totally, and once you start peeling the onion back, oftentimes you will find crazy, crazy ideology driving this stuff. And again, this is one of the great things. Uh, you know, I appear regularly in Epic Times uh, uh, and, and other media. One of the great things, the virus, uh, the blessings of the virus, if you'll let me say that, is we found out how crazy a lot of our school boards and public school teachers are. I'm not now. I'm not hating on them, but we have to have absolute, incredible transparency on what's going on, and just. Uh, um, with Project Veritas and James O'Keefe just did a wonderful expose exposing the public school system. These people are oftentimes, if unchecked and nobody's paying attention to them, are pushing absolute crazy ideologies. Citizens, show up at your school board meetings. Every time there is an open mic, grab that mic and let it rip, but be fact-based. You've done your homework. And you you expose them. These people are fearful of being exposed for who they are. And they will lie. We're finding out the lies of a lot of these seven centers of gravity who are lying about everything and don't want anybody. It's they've it's these are not your children, these are society's children, and it's our job, our job to indoctrinate them. You let it rip. Do not let that happen. I don't care if your kids are grown up and gone. I don't care if you homeschool, you must hold the school board and the school system accountable. So that's one yeah. of your seven. Show up, read right. these documents. I think that's a great point. Uh, one last thing I'd like you to speak to is, you know, during the presentation that you made, 
at the summit again, you talked about everybody out there understands all all the viewers out there understand and hear stories about you know all of our like our grid being hacked right or electric grid being hacked and the companies have been hacked and target was one of the biggest financial data hacks for example but you made the comment that all these are occurring and people understand they're occurring and accept they're occurring but we're being told that voting machines that have modems in it in them and that have the technology within them that they're not supposed to have we are being asked to swallow this pill of uh this ridiculous pill and we used to understand that these things were just common sense i mean what is the reason that you cover the windows when you're counting votes with paper so after you kick out the gop poll watchers right i mean then they're you know they're excluded common sense would tell you well gee you don't put something up in front of the window unless you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing right um so you spoke to that what do you think is the issue why is that why why are people looking at things that should just be common sense when you look at them like the modems in the machines right and mm -hmm. and the other examples I mean, what is what is behind that in your opinion well, it's, it, it can be a, a complex technical subject, and many of the policymakers and the average citizen, that is not these deep, complex technical issues on information technology is not their thing. So it becomes, in some ways, a, a, a complex, murky issue, and there are part of the part of the groups that are in the dialogue want it to be a an overwhelmingly complex issue. I just try to simplify it. For the last 10 years of my career, both as a civilian and in uniform, was the cyber world. And I retired as the director of cybersecurity policy strategy and international affairs in the Department of Defense. These issues are actually not that complex unless people want to make them complex so they're not understandable and people just give up and walk away. I don't, I don't understand. I got all these experts arguing. I can't make sense out of it. Well, these breaches are, are actually, and I had to take many, many, many breaches and many that I can't talk about. These are the ones I mentioned are just a few and they're publicly available is why I, I talked about them is because mm -hmm. I, can, I can point to the publicly available information. Um, the reality on these complex IT systems is everything essentially has been breached in one way or another over time. But the election machine companies say they're secure. Well, everything else has been breached. They're secure. But we don't know how they're secure because we're not allowed to look at the machines, decompose the machines, take apart the individual subcomponents, study them, analyze how they work. We're not allowed to do anything. Right. We're not. We're just, we just take their word for it. And, oh, they're certified by the... Uh, the security standards of the election assistance commission. Well, that's a lie also because just because you're compliant does not mean you're secure. Right. Compliance yeah. does not mean you're secure. I can be compliant and still be very insecure, breachable, hackable, etc. So my part in the both, I gave sworn testimony in support of uh, Carrie Lake and Mark Finchman, Arizona, 
and we just uh, and then I updated that statement for the uh, uh, this the case in Alabama uh, from last week. The the reality is these all of this IT componentry, these networks, these systems essentially have been breached. We do not have transparency on these companies that 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 uh, own election the election machine industry to the. To the best of our knowledge, all of the seven or so companies listed by the Election Assistance Commission are privately held, meaning they, they have no obligation to release anything, any financials, any technical data. They don't have to do anything. Now, right there, we shouldn't allow privately held companies to be the foundation of the most sacred process in America. That's crazy. And that's why I give right. the nuclear command and control model. Well, if these com companies are so secure and so good, we need to place them in charge of our nuclear weapons because they're secure while everything else has been breached. Kind and, of the, it's kind of the same thing on the information side, isn't it? I mean, the media and the uh, you know, the Facebooks and, and the big tech, uh, they have it out in that sense where they can hold some things back when they're publicly, uh, publicly uh, share, public shares, right? I mean, they have their, their stockholders and the board members and everything, but they're not a government agency where the citizen has rights to see what they're doing, right? So it's kind of, that kind of problem is, is pervasive through all of this, isn't it? I mean, and we're, be, we're being attacked from all sides and in all ways. And I think that's the level of frustration that pe people feel as part of the reason why. But uh, right now is not the time to be idle, I think, is... is Primary, primarily your message is get involved at the local level. And um, I think that, uh, I think you're absolutely right. And I'd like you to talk about how people go about uh, pre-ordering your book again and what your website is and where they can follow you on social media, if you would. Oh, thank, thank you, Jeff. The, the hard copy book is available uh, on thenationwillfollow.com www.thenationwillfollow.com thenationwillfollow.com the nation will follow is one word you can pre-order the hard copy you can get a substantial discount on the audiobook version and you can also get a an, a substantial discount on the uh, on the um, book 2 that'll come out September of next year ca called moms will win this war so um, that's where we you can get it right now on the 21st. Uh, also, there will be a greater offering. We'll have the complete audio book, Kindle version, soft cover, also available on the 21st of September. That will be on Amazon. But to, to get the hard copy and the discounts, really, uh, the nationwillfollow.com. So uh, and then full release of all versions on the 21st of September. Preface again, I was just working uh, with uh, uh, Steve Bannon over the weekend here. Steve wrote the preface and uh, uh, for the book, and I appreciate that. And uh, so it's a it's a, it's a great it's my story as a modern Whitaker Chambers uh, fighting the deep state. And what do we do about it? But that's how you order www.thenationwillfollow.com. You get the hard copy, substantial discounts on the audio version, and also the uh, book two. And uh, then all 
releases will be available on the 21st with the additional offerings through Amazon. Okay, awesome. I have mine on order, actually. So looking forward to that. And um, the one the one last thing is where do people go on social media to find find you? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Prime, uh, it's Colonel Rhett John, Colonel, C-O-L-O-N-E-L-R-E-T, John, on Getter and Truth. Colonel Rhett John on Getter and Truth. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Look to have you on again when after the book release and, and talk a little bit more about the whole concept of how people can uh, get up off the couch and get involved and uh, share a little more information from the, uh, with you uh, to them so that they can continue to grow in this area. Appreciate it very much and uh, look forward to having you back, Colonel. Thank you, Jeff. An honor to be with you and all the patriots out there. Thanks very much. So I hope you enjoyed those two interviews. We got uh, into depth with both of them to talk about what their passions are, what they're passionate about. And uh, in the case of the retired Colonel John Mills, I want to just show you the webpage. So if you find it, you know you're in the right place. So it is thenationwillfollow.com, thenationwillfollow.com. And check that out. Sign up for his book and you won't be disappointed. Also, I wanted to talk to you about the documentary series that I'm working on called High Treason You Decide. You can go to America First Productions. It's America First with the number one stproductions.com and check that out. It's a six part docuseries. And I think you'll find that interesting. You can also donate to that if you want to participate in bringing that to everybody. That'd be awesome. Lastly, uh, next week I'm going to have on, you know, we've got uh, some ladies that have really come on strong, come out of the, uh, come off of the sidelines like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bolbert and more. But another one that is, uh, I think, going to, uh, you're going to like if you haven't been, if you haven't gotten familiar with her already is Carla Spaulding, who's running for Florida District 25. Uh, she has been, obviously she's uh, she's very qualified, but she's been a she's a veteran. She's been a registered nurse. She's been a professor. She has a really interesting story, and she will be on the Patriot Review next week. So be sure to tune in. And I always appreciate that. You can find me on uh, Frank Speech or Frank Social, um, Getter, Parlor. I'm pretty much on them all. Facebook I don't use that much because they like to tear my uh, show apart and, and sometimes won't show them um, or play some of the audio in some cases. Uh, so they're still playing their games. Twitter, I don't I don't have anything to do with, but uh, you will find me on, on other social media sites. And you can always go through the website, and that is Red Blooded Patriots with an S, redbloodedpatriots.com. Thanks again, and we will see you next week. <laughs>